Lions fans. This is the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where the Kool-Aid runs blue. Faces turn red. And rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, two guys who always podcast hands-free. Chris and the Riz. Hey, Idaho Lions fans, welcome to the Detroit Lions podcast, episode 349. If you didn't know, that's one less than 350. This is the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. I am your dashing yet stoy host, Chris, and with me is my also dashing, always handsome, and the true hair of a beach volleyball player co-host, Jeff the Riz Riz. And how you doing, pal? I, per, I prefer debonair for you. I think that's a good description for you. Debonair, debonair. Debonair, yeah. Debonair. I'm, I'm, I'm just going for the dude look um, since uh, – so I, 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 I got to gloat. So my daughter played with my wife in a beach volleyball tournament this past weekend. My daughter's 12. My wife's still amazingly awesome. They won. My, my daughter's first time ever playing with adults, and she won the tournament. Congratulations. My, and, and my wife like didn't totally carry her, so so that's where the beach volleyball <laughs> thing comes from. We were just talking about that. So so thank you for indulging me on that. Absolutely. I'm very proud of my kids. Congratulations awesome. to the Riz family, the most athletic family in Western Michigan. No questions asked. Kirk Cousins would expire. <laughs> he would expire. All right, let's talk about this show. Today, we've got to talk about... Amon Saint, Amon Ross Saint Brown, and how he's just been bringing it day after day at camp. We've got some the sun ob- god, yeah. Got some observations, battles to watch, couple of injuries of note. Um, what to expect in this preseason game one? We'll cover that for you. We got depth charts. We got that and a whole lot more. A great show lined up. Riz, are you ready to go, brother? Oh, let's do it. Let's kick this off and break it down. All right, let's get into it. And congratulations, Justin. YouTube gave you the notification. I'm glad that worked for you. If you guys haven't, hit the subscribe button and uh, hit the bell. You'll get notified. If you're new here, this is the Detroit Lions podcast. We've been around since 2015. The longest running Detroit Lions podcast in the nation, in the world, as a matter of fact. Uh, Let's just go in the universe. Let's just take it all because it's true. Um, We're here and uh, we talk Lions. We give you a little bit of Kool-Aid. We give you a little bit of reality and we have a lot of fun with it. So uh, give us a subscribe and follow along and watch us this season. This is going to be a season like we haven't had for a couple of years. And frankly, I'm looking forward to this. I am looking forward to this. Still a little sore. Just got back from training camp. Um, (laughs) Mine's just because flying, right, and old. But I want to say thank you, first and foremost, before anything else, to everybody who came to our tra- training camp party. What yes. a frippin' riot that was. We had just a, a, just a, a, an awesome, awesome time. Thank you, everyone who came out. Riz, that was... Yeah, it, 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 was, it was a great time being at the Upton Grill in, in Commerce Township. Uh, thanks again to Dan Miller, the voice of the Lions, and for Fox 2, and Justin Rogers from the Detroit News for coming out. Um, I actually hung out with both of them today at practice. Um, they both brought up what a good time they had at the party and how, like, they, they didn't feel like they were being ogled by the people that were at the party and they, they appreciate that yeah it was the it was the other co-host doing the ogling no they, they they were great and and rogers justin is is always awesome we talk about him and have talked about him for years as one of the most honest 
reporters and and down yeah. to earth and straight down the line you know like the old news press the little the, the little thing in his fedora the little press card and hey let me ask you the question there sir right the, the whole like real news all I can think of, of now is Les Nessman from WKRP <laughs> <laughs> well he sometimes dresses a little uh, a little hipster but uh, <laughs> um, no, just, Justin's, Justin was great and and you know we talk about the authenticity factor mm-hmm. with Dan Campbell and, mm-hmm. and Brad Holmes and how important that is. Justin Rogers gives you the authenticity factor as a reporter too. Absolutely, 100%. 100%. He's he's one of the very very few beat writers that I can stand behind and, and and say is absolutely fabulous at his job. It gives you the real the real what do we we called it the straight dope, right? And then we went into a yep. CBD commercial. Uh Dan Miller, everybody knows him if you if you listen to any Lions highlights, the he is and I, I introduced him this way. He is the best voice in the NFL. Uh, play-by-play, bar none. He is absolutely fantastic. If anybody can make the Lions look exciting in an 0-16 year, they automatically move to the cream of the crop in that kind of role. And he does it year after year after year. After he year. kept us engaged in the, the the dregs of the Matt Patricia era yeah. and, uh, <sighs> and and did so with a smile on his face. You know, he yeah. loves his job. He's great at it. Yep. Uh, and it, we're, we are blessed to have Dan. And I loved how candid he was. Um, obviously, you know, he, he does work mm-hmm. with the team. He doesn't work for the team. But uh, he said some things that you probably wouldn't get um, if you were just listening to the broadcast uh, or a radio interview with him. He opened up some, and you got some opinions out of Dan that you don't normally get. So that was uh, that was a great experience from the training camp. And thanks again to everybody who was out there. Uh, thanks also to our waitress. She was great. I can't remember her name. Elizabeth. She was a she, – Okay, she, yeah, she did. She did. A, she did a bang up job. Yeah, um, and I appreciate her very much. Yeah, they they, they were awesome. The whole thing was great. So thank you, everybody. Thanks, Dan and uh, Justin, for coming out. It was awesome. You guys are always the very best supporting us. And uh, if you missed it, we we didn't release it as a regular podcast. Uh, go check it out on the YouTube channel. It's there for you to watch. All right, let's get in this. I want to start out Riz with Amon Ross St. Brown. The absolute set that this guy is walking around with on the field is incredible to me as a rookie, right? I mean, rookies are there to carry pads, to shut up, to do what they're told, to run laughs, whatever, right? I mean, if you think about old school football, that's what rookies do. Maybe, you know, you go real old school, there's the hazing piece that's part of it and everything else. He's out there like a vet, man. (laughs) He's like a vet out there. He's, he... Yeah, he's he's swinging from side to side, man. There's <laughs> there's there's just a presence about him. It's obvious when you when you go to training camp and you watch them, um, but just the way he interacts with his with his teammates, th- th- this guy he is an alpha dog, yeah. and they, they they desperately need that in the wide receiving core. He's not the most physically talented guy, but I tell you what, he maximizes every ounce of potential that he's got. It, it shows in every single rep in training camp. There is no no, no taking a rep off, no taking a, a second off. There's always something going on with Amon Ra, uh, the sun god. And he's, uh, he's impressing. I can tell you this, he's impressed. Dan Campbell has talked about him just about every press conference, and it's, and, and it's not – typically asked about him. Yep. So that, that gives you an idea of how much he's impressing the head coach. He's certainly impressing all of all those of us in the media. Uh, we love the guy. He doesn't talk to us, but uh, we, we love watching him. We, lo- we love just observing it. And uh, I'll tell you what, he's going to catch a lot, a lot of passes. Might not be for a lot of yards, right. but but dude, dude's going to get targets. He's man. got hands. And, and, 
He's got yeah, hands. He does. I mean, that's the thing that I noticed about him. Again, playing above what I would expect from a rookie, uh, especially at, at at where he was picked up, right in in, in the draft. I mean, play, playing definitely playing above his his kind of what do they call it his his station as a fourth round pick, making those catches. Yeah. The balls are sticking. Great routes, very clean, really, really good route runner. Yeah, he's he's really got something more than where he was yeah. drafted at. There is a a almost freakish, and I, I I mean this completely positively. There's like a freakish dedication to attention to detail yep. with Amon Ra. Yep. Like everything, like like he, he's one of those guys that you know if he does a route wrong. Like because he does it wrong, he might like have a, a mental lapse on it. But then he'll go back in and get in line and get, and get to the front of the line as fast as he can and and redo what he just did wrong. Um, every single like every step on every route is exactly how it's supposed to be run by Amon Ra. Uh, there, his, his dedication, and then you see him after practice yeah. catching balls off the jug machine all and the time and running and sprints. Sideline, 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 sideline. Boom, boom, boom. Back and forth. And and back he, and he's forth. had some dudes that have joined him. Yep. Uh, Khalif Raymond has been out there joining him a lot. In fact, uh, Khalif talked to us at the media today, um, and I'll talk about that in a second because he's 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 a really really good guy too. But uh, Amon Ra waited, so so we're like at the side of the training facility getting filmed, mm-hmm. uh, and and Amon Ra is standing behind us in the media, like behind off camera, um, waiting for Khalif to get done so they can go run sprints. At the end, like right. after after Khalif did his media session, Khalif, by the way, th- that guy. If you ever get a chance to hear him on a radio interview or a podcast, and, and I, I would love to get him on here. Fascinating guy. He's got stories, man. He's he's a different cat and Ooh, and, and a cool cat. Um, talked about a, a trip to Thailand, uh, getting a tattoo from a Buddhist monk, um, and, and some other things on his wow, bucket list that he's done. This is uh, fun. really 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 interesting young man <laughs> who, who's. who's uh, you know, not not your typical you know lunkhead football player that you think of. This this guy, aside from being super fast, very interesting guy. I, I I've I've really come to appreciate what he offers. You know, when they, when they signed him from the from the Titans, I, I was like, oh, okay, and I don't really know a lot about him. The more I've gone back and watched what he did with the Titans, and the more I've watched him in camp, this, this guy's making the not only making the team. This guy's going to play on offense a lot, and he is absolutely the return man. So interesting, yeah. interesting. Okay, so we got that. We got a couple other guys walking around with with a full set. And got a kind of got their bow legged knee walking going on. Um, <laughs> uh, Hawkinson was an obvious one. We'll talk a little bit about what happened with him today. He's been catching yeah. balls like like crazy, right? He's out there just just the superstar of of the receiving core as a tight end, right? He, I mean, so he he did not have a great day today in practice. Um, even before he he left with. Um, We'll get to that, um, but yeah, he's he's been really really impressive, and and he carries himself with the again, again like Amon Ra, he knows he's the best player at his position and acts the part. Yep, yep, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then this other guy who this is this is something that I I mean look this is what exactly what we needed to see Jeff Okuda this year. As a as a cornerback, we, we talk about <laughs> last year and what happened, and there's a lot of people like, "Oh, he's a bust! Oh, he's a bust!" We hear about how bad the coaching was straight from his mouth, right? We hear about some of his um, meditation work and his kind of um, oh, I forget the the word really quick, but some of the, some of the mental work that he's been doing since then, which you know, I, I, I want to get into that a little bit. 
Um, he, he's been he's been very big on using sports psychology yeah. um, and, and exploring different venues within that realm too, and it seems to have really found things that work for him. If anybody needs that, that's somebody who's been coached by Matt Patricia. Um, I think that, that no, this is seriously. You think about what a cornerback has to do. It's one of the most athletic positions on the field. One, very very difficult. Um, you know, favors the offense, right? You know the, that role uh, and, and that matchup with the with the officials. If something goes wrong, you have to immediately forget about it. You cannot let that get into your head because that can cause you a significant issue. He had a whole season of that with injuries. Like I said, people were talking bust about Jeff Okuda after last season. And coming into this year, seeing what he's brought into camp, seeing the attitude, the play, the quality of play. You know, we we talked about Slay when he went out with um, Woodson. In, in the offseason yeah. and did all of that work and he came back a completely different kind of player, right? He got benched right. the year before. Different kind of workout. It's a mental workout this time that Okuda's going through, but holy crap. And I think the other thing, and, I, and, 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 and I'll stop after this, Riz, and let, let you jump in. The other thing sure. that I think is helping him, and it's going to sound weird, but is having Jerry Jacobs under his wing. Having him there, because Jerry and him, they're staying together. Uh, Okuda is his car. Jerry doesn't have a car in Detroit. He's That's getting his right. ride from Okuda. The thing about, you know, just about anything, you cannot really do something well, or you haven't mastered it until you can teach it. And with Jeff yes. Okuda out there, with Jerry there as his, you know, mentoring him as his mentee, this is an option, an opportunity for Okuda to grow very, very, very quickly in the mental game and make those strides that he was held back from last year. I really, really like what I've seen out of him so far. Riz, hey, oh, t- man. talk me down a bit. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Uh, Okuda has been very impressive. And, and one of the things that really stands out is how, how um, his leadership, uh, not, not just with Jerry, but you see it between reps. Um, he's he has taken over the, the the leader of the secondary role. He and Tracy Walker have both done that. Tracy's another guy that uh, has uh, definitely benefited from the coaching change and attitude change and the scheme change. Mm-hmm. Uh, just everything everything with with Okuda it was just completely stacked against him last year. I'm not here to say that he's going to you know live up to being the number three overall pick in, in last year's draft right away, but you absolutely see this year what the Lions saw in him out of Ohio State, a smart guy, a, a confident guy, a, a guy who plays with a little bit of a swagger to him, a guy who's, who's very intellectually curious um, and football smart. And, and that, 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 by the way, is something that, that's fairly pervasive amongst all the guys that, that this regime specifically has brought in, and he fits in very nicely with that. But you see oh, my him, God, you know, it, it is uh, Sir Mix-a-Lot booty thick. Is that, what, oh, is that where we're at? Is that where we're at with this? I, I'm, I'm, I'm liking it. Man. <laughs> I'm liking it a lot. I, I, I am very – so um, when, when I did the first uh, roster projection for, for Lions Wire, um, please go check that out. We'll have a new one up fairly soon. Uh, I had Jeff Okuda as like unquestioned number one. And a lot of people were like, well, come on. You know, it, it, what, based on last year, he doesn't even deserve to be on the team. That was very hasty commentary on the people who said that. I'll just put it that way because uh, this guy looks – you brought up Slay and how awful his rookie year was, and then he became a pro bowler really quickly. Yep. That potential is absolutely there. It's absolutely there, Chris, with Jeff Okuda. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know if it will happen this year, but you're going to see a much better, much more focused, much more improved, much more confident player. And, oh, by the way, he's also healthy 
And he can turn and run uh, a lot better than he showed last year. Uh, we, we saw it in a couple of drills in the past couple of weeks that uh, that have been like, okay, all right, that that's the guy who was the number three pick, not yeah. the guy we saw last year. Yeah, no, a lot of hope. A lot of hope for this defense, actually. That rebound, like you talked about with Tracy Walker, with Okuda, another guy who's got just a set where he's 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 doing the splits almost when he's walking, Aleem McNeil. Right, oh he just raced to that net number one spot. We'll talk about the depth, depth chart, but he's number one, number one and, on the depth chart. Uh, number one with a bullet, you know, pull the trigger, cock it, and pull it, man. It's uh, he's he is he is fun. It, it's not, it's rare that you have a nose tackle that's fun. This guy's fun to watch, man. Watching him and Frank Rag now go at it when the ones are battling in practice because Frank Rag now. Might be the best center in the NFL. He's certainly, if he's not one, he's like one A or one B. For sure, for sure. Man, Aleem, Aleem has some wins. Frank does too, but Aleem's got some wins, man. And that's that's really impressive. And and just, you know, first... this is a guy that he, he, much like what we talked about with, with, with Hawkinson and Amonra, he knows he's really good mm-hmm. and he's not afraid to show that a little bit. And that is something that the Patricia regime would not have accepted. Like they would have been, you know, hey rookie, what are you doing? You know, don't don't show up, my guys. You know, don't don't show up, Tennessee. Don't show up, you know, whoever's here. Well, not even just that, but on the first rep that we saw, right? He Didn't smoked Ragnow. <laughs> he did. He, he absolutely did. Ragnow. Number one, here we go. What yeah. the? He, he's, had, he's had a couple where um, he is—he's absolutely ragged all the time. He hasn't done that to, to rag now uh, since then, but uh, he's got a couple. Um, so uh, <laughs> one problem area, and we'll probably get to this, is uh, the depth on the interior offensive line is awful. Awful, maybe. Yep, depth maybe, is a real maybe, issue. maybe sugarcoating it. <laughs> um, but uh, so he's looked—he's looked dominant against those guys, and he should. But this guy, he is going to be the most impactful rookie defender on the team. Absolutely, without question. Yeah, without question. Now, just really quick question for you. Have you subscribed to Grizzly Man Outdoors? I have, actually. (laughs) Okay, okay, just making sure. Just making sure. I I hear about that a lot in all the... uh, (laughs) <laughs> all the lions uh the mic dub uh sessions that's good stuff all right so and you did take care of that rash too <laughs> goff yes what great credit to him right on the mic up thing <laughs> these guys have been having a lot of fun and and again Goff's this is fun dude so <laughs> different than the last regime right i mean the yeah, fun well, that they're like, having while they're working because look well i was there the whole time they were working hard while they're out there they were working after after the session's over players after players out there working um jamal williams out there before it all starts in, engaging with the fans playing catch walking his way up and down the stands playing catch with the fans letting ca- fans catch the ball throw it back and, you know like when a fan would drop he's like hey you guys won't let me do that come on you got to catch that right? he's like having a good time with people doing the whole thing so yeah completely different hard work and hard play at the same time you know what i mean work hard play hard kind of a situation there i like it i like what i see I do too, and and the players absolutely do. You, it, it shows um, if you've been out to practice, you will see you will see it. You'll you'll hear myself. You'll hear Justin Rogers talk about it. You'll hear Jeremy Reisman talk about it. Kyle Mikey's going to talk about it. Ben Ben Raven's going to talk about it a lot. Uh, that that's there's just a theme there that these guys, uh, the regime has brought having fun in football 
back to Detroit. And it makes it so much more for, for fans. You know what I mean? It, it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> even, even if this team doesn't win a lot of games, and, and I'll say it again, I don't think they're going to win a lot of games. They're going to lose more than they win. Fair enough. They're, they're, you're going to enjoy the product so much more this year. Even if they're 4-13, and 13, then the, the, I hate to say that that's realistic, but that, that I can absolutely see them going 4-13 and 13, um, in, in the 17-game schedule. But you're going to feel so much better about the team and in the direction that it's going and the players who are on it because they're not going to quit. Mm-hmm. And they're going to play hard for each other. They're going to play hard for their coach. They're going to play hard for the city of Detroit. That's something that Dan Campbell and his staff have, have made clear. You know, hey, this is Detroit, baby. You, you know, th- th- this ain't, you know, this, this ain't Cincinnati. This ain't Chicago. This is Detroit. This is different. There's a different vibe that comes from here. And he knows that because he played here. And I think that, I think that gets lost some on the national media that he understands how to play to the, the fans of Detroit because he knows them because he was here and he, he saw them at their worst and he still wanted to come back for more. And I think that says a lot about Danny Campbell as a person and he he's, he's spreading that with his team and it's fun to watch. Yeah. I can hear some extra pussy running around over there. Yeah. My, 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 my cat is, uh, come here. thank you, Matthew for the sub. Appreciate that, bro. I, I'll tell you what, there's something else that I think, the future look for this team. Say hi. Hey, kitty. Um, that people aren't talking about. And I think this is this is really big. All these things you talk about culminate in the end of the year, a different place for free agents to come versus where it was the year before. When Patricia was out and Campbell was and Holmes were in, people had no idea. They just knew Detroit was a place they did not want to be, period. Right? Players across the board were talking about what a what a blank show it was. Now all of a sudden, players are having fun. Coaches, Deuce, I I can't say enough about Deuce Staley and his coaching. And and it, it you know what I want to talk about someone else too. But Deuce Staley was right up with us um, when we were there the first day on the thirty first of of July, and he was talking to us. We got to hold the the weighted football. If you didn't know, when they when they work out, the football weighs one hundred and seventy three pounds that they that they're running with. It is heavy <laughs> as hell, and, and it might be an exaggeration, but it's heavy. Maybe a little yeah. bit, maybe one hundred seventy one. But so there's, there's it weighs a lot, and then they got the bags that they're working with. Uh, we got to hold those. He was talking about the bands, why they do it, what it does, really explaining to the fans exactly what they're doing. Showing he knows his stuff, but in, again, engaging with the fans and still pushing the players. And, and the sled that Jamar Jefferson had to push for 100 yards, I'll get the video up next time and show you guys what it looked like and how they work together as a group and how, how important that was. Deuce is doing an amazing job. Someone who I haven't heard a whole lot of praise about, but who absolutely deserves it is Antoine Randall with the wide receivers. He does not have a group of superstars. He doesn't have five Calvin Johnsons. He doesn't have one Calvin Johnson. He doesn't have half a Calvin probably in the group that he's working with, but he is working them hard, and that boy's still got an arm, just so you know. He can wing a ball on target and and with power. But he is working (laughs) those guys, and I love what I saw about out of Antoine Randall. You know how much of a love affair – I have with Hank Fraley, right? You know how much I love him. You saw it too. You, we all kind of swooned at the same time watching him work. But seeing Deuce, seeing Antoine Randall, seeing these guys work with these kids and what they're doing and how they're doing it is completely different than even the Caldwell era, right? I've, 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 yeah. I get I get a little sense, a little feel that Schwartz 
era, not the not the not the crazy, right? But a little bit of the the guys that are involved, the grit, the the uh, energy, the the I am yeah. there with the players. Remember when when Schwartz? What did he do? Spend the night out in front of Kyle Vandenbosch's house or something, so that when yes, the, the period opened, he could kick the door open and shove a contract. Twelve oh one, they were there. <laughs> he put the red contacts in and said, "I'm yours, baby." Yeah, um, there's, and, there's and a player like you, that. You know, you don't remember any of the, the, the assistant coaches under, under well, some, some under Caldwell, but especially under Patricia. It's like, who was that guy? Who, who, was, who was the quarterback's coach? You know, who, who was the running back's coach? And it doesn't matter. Um, we did like Robert Prince, the wide receiver's coach. Yeah. Um, because I, I thought he was a good coach, and he, he could have stuck around. That would have been fine. Yep. But even even with that, you know, they just didn't have a lot of dyna- – like he wasn't, a, he wasn't a dynamic personality. He was a good coach as a, as a personality. He's a little flatline, which, which is okay. I mean, you, you need that too. But it's super intense. Like he is either on or yeah. at ninety percent, right? <laughs> right. But, but yeah, like oof. Oh yeah, he was something. Yeah, yeah. And just just to throw another one onto the fire here, Kelvin Shepard, the yeah. linebackers coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we got him after practice today. That guy, that guy's going places. Um, just based on how he's worked with the team and, and what he talked about after, very comfortable in front of the media. Another former player, another former player that current players might have played against, or they certainly remember him. Oh yeah, I played as him in Madden a few times when he was in Buffalo. You know mm-hmm. that that type of thing. Uh, that I can't stress to you enough how different that is for the players. When they know, like, oh, that guy played, man. I've watched that yeah. guy. I was, I, I played Madden against that guy. You know that he did it. That means so. That means so, so much to, especially to the super young players, the guys that are just coming in right now. That that is invaluable, and you better believe that that's going to matter in free agency next year, yep. because you know guys like Deuce and Antoine and Kelvin and and. You know, even I, Hank could be moving up in the world and the coaching food chain as well. Yeah. They've got some guys who have ambition. These are not cronies that are getting a second or a third chance because they happen to know somebody, which was both Caldwell and especially Patricia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so so I, I will share this really quick because we were talking about today, uh, we were talking about the week one matchup with the 49ers, and their defensive coordinator is D'Amico Ryans. D'Amico Ryans should have been, should have been Matt Patricia's first defensive coordinator. He wanted the job. They, they had connections. Uh, a lot of us put those two dots together and, and D'Amico, by the way, also put them together um, and they didn't even call him. And that, that because Patricia, for whatever reason, did, didn't want that type of person. So it's so, brought in Pasqualoni. I, I like D'Amico Ryan's. I think he's going places as a coach. Um, you can tell when he played, and I, and I got to know him a little bit when he was in Houston. That that's a guy who, when he was a player, you're like that guy's going to coach someday. And, and you know, you just get that vibe about people. Uh, the the missed opportunities from that they really stood out. And we had a good conversation in the media throng today, not throng throng about that today. The media uh, throng uh, about about <laughs> the, the missed opportunities on the coaching hiring front of, of Matt Patricia and how this this. Regime is so so different and so much better for it. Yep. That's right, absolutely. I want to show you really quick that this, the the sled that I was talking about because when people think of sleds, they think of the the stand up uh, one. I want to show you this is the one that they were they were focus. working. Okay, there, there we go. go. It's focused. It's, this is for the YouTube folks. Uh, all the running backs around there. You see Deuce in the front. That's Jamar yep. Jefferson pushing that thing. If you get your weight too much on top of that, 
it doesn't move. It, it just sticks in the ground. Oh, yeah. And yeah. you got to get behind it. And it is, I mean, Jefferson was in pain. I thought he was going to puke. After he after he pushed that thing the hundred yards, I mean, serious. But here's all the I was guys puke watching him, <laughs> and this is just before they all got down on all fours and were walking with him, same pike position. They didn't have the sled, but they were there cheering him on, pushing him to go. That that kind of thing. But Deuce Deuce was there. Now I'll tell you the funniest part about that thing when they walked out, and before we knew it was Jefferson that had to push it that day. Uh, Jamal Williams walked up and he was he was like literally going at the sled. He's like, the power of Christ compels you. The power of Christ compels you. Be gone. He was he walked all the way up from like 20 feet away saying it over it was over <laughs> over to that sled, man. That thing is a mofo. But yeah, all these guys, these coaches, what 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 you see being created, look, the numbers on the wins losses this year probably not going to be, you know, super awesome. That's okay. I think that's okay. L- judging by the dumpster fire of a roster and attitude that was left behind by the previous regime, I think looking at you know 500 or less is, is probably to be expected this time. But what's changing, right? The real attitude. Detroit is a destination for players, a place where people can come and succeed and grow their career and do great things. Not only if you're a coach, but if you're a player, all along, up and down the the, the organization, in the front office, everywhere, you're finding an opportunity for people to excel, to be given the opportunity to excel and become better and show their skills rather than be micromanaged into somebody else's system where they, they that maybe doesn't fit them, where they maybe can't use their expertise. This is... The, uh, uh, a regime, you know, and they ask who's in charge. All of Jay, I'll never let him live that down. But the, 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 you know, all that going on. The idea is, we hired you because you know your job, because you're the best at what you can do, and we want you to do that. And maybe you'll learn along the way as well and get better. But when you do and you get better, that helps us, right? To try to think that one person knows all these different aspects the best is one of the biggest failures in leadership, not just in sports, but in in business across the world. You have to let your experts do what they are experts in. The second you cut them off or, or give them the little snip snip, the second you're wrecking your opportunity to really win. So I think the change that's happening this year with this team, it may not reflect in that win-loss record this year, but I think I, I really think that next year this team is going to take a huge – I keep thinking back to when Jimmy Johnson took over the uh, – wait, was it Jimmy Johnson took over the Cowboys? They were like, what, 1-15 yeah. the first year? Yep. I don't I don't see that happening. And then they were 8-8. Eight and eight. Right, it wasn't eight and eight or nine and seven. Yep, and, and then then the next year they won a Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, boom. I I see yeah. that kind of fast turnaround for this team. I really, really do because this. I mean, it, it it depends if these coaches can actually coach, but from everything I've seen, they can. And we saw the the highlight of the team with the players they had who who played out of their shoes last year was the offensive line. What have we done? We identified Hank as an incredible coach. We could see that right away. We're seeing that across the board. We're not, you know, we're not complete buffoons when it comes to identifying quality coaches and leadership, right? We're seeing something really, really good. And and for everything we see, there's some really good talent out here. We'll talk about one guy that maybe they they might have missed on in a little bit. Uh, yeah, no, just uh, just to, to echo that, you know, I think I think we have a really good idea of what doesn't work, and we've seen, especially from my background covering the Browns over the last few years, the Texans, um, specifically the 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 pre Bill O'Brien Texans and into the billow years. And then the, the, the weird state that they're in now, thank God I don't cover them anymore. <laughs> um, I've seen really bad coaching. I know what it looks like. 
look, I know, I know there are some people who are skeptical of what Dan Campbell is doing. They, they think he's a, a clown or a puppet or a meathead. Is a, 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 yeah, yeah. A meathead. Um, and I think he plays that up. And I, th- I to, honestly, I think he has downplayed that some this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's something that we've noticed in his press conferences. He's been more straight arrow. Yep. Um, he's still letting the personality fly, but he's not, you know, there's no kneecap mentions. He's not talking about being hyper caffeine or anything like that. Yep. He's, he's, he's dialed it down a little bit because I, I think he, he talked about how they, he's, they, they didn't watch the, the hall of fame speeches at all. They were having coaches meetings instead. And it's clear that the, the other coaches or, or Holmes or somebody like, let's say, Hey man, you might want to dial it down a little bit. And I think he's trying to respect that and still trying to be, Still trying to be Dan Campbell, but not like MCDC 100% all the time. And, and I think I think that's going to play well because I think the team, like like when he's out, on the, he's still the same guy on the field. Yep. Um, and and you know, whistle twirling and you know, patrolling around. If he, if he sees something that's wrong, he's going to let you know. But he he is a guy who lets his assistants coach, and I, I appreciate that very much. He, he's not a micromanaging guy. And uh, he's letting the coaching talent that he identified, that he and, and Brad and, and others identified, he's letting them do their thing. And I, I, I'm excited for it. Uh, I, I understand the skepticism for it, but at the same time, I, I want it. I want it to work. I'm going to admit that. I, I like what I see, uh, and I think it can work. Um, but the, the talent's got to get there. But I, I, I do think that that this is not a regime that I look at, and I'm not looking at it. And when like I, I was out on Freddie Kitchens in like two weeks yeah. um, in Cleveland because it, it was just it was clear that it, it wasn't going to work. Um, I, I've seen that in other places too. I don't get that sense at all with Dan Campbell. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to work, but I don't think it's going to be like Mike Singletary, you know, being nope. a miserable failure. Right. Not, not at all. Yeah. I don't get that impression whatsoever from Dan Campbell. <laughs> I know. I know a lot of people make that comparison. I I, I personally don't see it. Um, the 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 histrionics and the kneecap aside, this guy has proven that he understands how to push different buttons with different players. He understands leadership styles. He understands communication. Mike Singletary couldn't grasp with the concept that not everybody was going to be the absolute greatest at the position all the time. Mm-hmm. That's something that a lot of great players have. That's why Larry Bird was a rotten coach in the NBA <laughs> because he couldn't figure out like how come everybody isn't as driven as me? How come? Every- they're not thinking about football 24 seven. They're, they're not, they're not, you know, devoting every, every last minute to becoming the greatest football player they can possibly be at all times. No, no, they're not. You got to understand that, you know, these guys have wives, they have kids, they have, they have issues going on outside football. And that, that that's something that Mike Singletary was just like, I can't, I can't have him. Can't have him. Um, the, the famous speech. Yeah. <laughs> if yeah. you remember. Yeah. That that's not Dan Campbell. No, nope. he, he's not. He's not a clown like that. Yep. All right, really quick, I want to talk to people about fantasy football. It is here. You've got just a few, two weeks, I think, to get signed up before draft day. Fantasy.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Win yourself some big money. Got a couple of leagues going. Top four positions in these 12-player leagues all win prizes. Money payouts for the top three. Get a free T-shirt for the fourth place in every one of them. And, I mean, that's a value of most and everything except the Champions League, that's the same value as your your fee to get in. So pretty good stuff. This is our biggest fundraiser of the year. So join us, fantasy.detroitlionspodcast.com. If you've been there before, just so you know, all it's not just PayPal. You can use your credit card, all that. It's all highly secure, set up, did a lot of coding on the back end to get that set up, and it's smooth like butter. 
It is like fantasy.detroitlionspodcast.com. Get in there, get joined. And we also have, if you just got like a little bit and you want to take a shot, we got the Pick'em, the Big Pool Pick'em. It's five bucks a, a shot to get in, and uh, you just do Pick'em throughout the season, and you take the pot. The winner takes the pot. All right, moving on, let's get into a couple injuries of note that we've had. Of course, we hate to do this, but these are important things. We've got Jamar Jefferson, who had a, an injury. We had DeAndre Swift uh, with an injury. Uh, we saw Jared Goff with a knee brace and Deshaun Hand. I'm going to pause there. There's one other injury I want to talk about of note, but we don't have any information on that. R- off the top, these guys, Jefferson, Swift, Goff, and Hand, and Goff isn't officially like listed as an injury. We just spotted the knee brace. Um, on on those, these none of these look super serious, right? Super serious. No, point. no. Um, I'll, I'll go to the Deshaun Hand one because it happened right in front of me. Um, as close as the media can possibly get is where it happened. He was engaged in a, in a, a with one of the Evans in a drill. It's either Evan Brown or Evan Bame. I want to say it was Bame. Um, and he took a step um, and he didn't step on a foot. He just sort of rolled the ankle and immediately he like grabbed on like, dude, hold me up. Um, and, and Evan got the hint and like helped, held him up, um, went off to the side. The trainers came right out. He limped off. It looked like a basketball player rolling an ankle. Okay. And I now now with Deshaun Hand, I don't know how much you worry about that. Um, I, from my experience in, in volleyball, landing on people's feet, rolling ankles all the time, my ankles don't hardly move anymore because of that. Um, it's something that he can probably play through if he's really taped up, and you know they give him something to dull the pain for a game. I don't think we'll see him Friday, but I think if it was a regular season game and they had to have him, he could probably go. That, that That's just my observation for being, you know, 15, 20 feet away from the incident when it happened. Yep. It did not seem serious. And the way he walked off, it wasn't like it was broken. It wasn't like, oh, my God, you know, this guy's going to be out for six weeks. Um, it, it didn't seem like that at all. So fingers crossed on that. Awesome. 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 So we're, we're, we're I think we're. Okay, we'll see what uh, what plays out of all of these things. He's played well, by the way. He, yes, he's he he's doing a very good job in the new position. Um, the uh, to, to to spin it forward a little bit, it means more rest for Jay Sean Cornell. Jay Sean Cornell can play, yep. ladies and gentlemen. Yep. Yep. There, there's something there. Um, we're, we're, we criticize Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn a lot. This defense, they, they might have found somebody there. <laughs> they really might have. Yep. This defense <laughs> may be the biggest turnaround on this team of uh, of the groups that we see. Um, yeah, I mean, Cor- Cornell's got some. He's he's playing that defensive end role. You know, the five tech four I, um, and, and can also move outside a little bit. He's actually moved inside as well and got a he got a PD on Goff today where he was lined up as a three technique and dropped back and, and Goff didn't know that he was going to be there. And just got, got a big paw up and swatted it. And mm-hmm. like, I mean, I mean, with that dude, with, dude belongs on an NFL roster. Yeah. I don't know if it'll be in Detroit, but he, he's an NFL player with Ali McNeil with just what we've seen. flowers quietly. Just, just the, dude, the, the athleticism of the defensive front yeah. is so vastly upgraded. Just it's as, unbelievable how much better it is. Just as much as fans are going to have to get used to the difference in a Jared Goff throw versus a Matthew Stafford throw, they're going to yeah. have to get that kind of difference in the other direction of this defensive front versus the Patricia defensive front. Because there's no calculus problems now, right? I mean, everybody, fro- you know, it was it was the ball was snapped. Everybody froze. Kind of red did the calculus problem. They had they had you know what appeared to be more in depth 
uh, possibility, potential moves that they had to calculate than a wide receiver's route tree. <laughs> you know what I mean? A- a- every every single snap for the defense was a choose-your-own-adventure that the offense was turning the pages and they were trying to read, read and react to it. Yep, exactly. This year, and I forget which coach, it might have been Shepard today, or it might have been somebody yesterday. But anyways, oh, it was Todd Walsh yesterday who said it. Um, the the days of the offense dictating to this defense what we're going to do are done. Okay. I'm paraphrasing. That's not an exact quote. Yep. But that was music to everybody's ears. That's what we want to hear. This is a defense that's going to take it to the offense. They might give up some plays as a result of it because mm-hmm. they're not the most talented defense. But you're going to see a defense – you're going to see defenders who are aggressively attacking the offense in both the run and the pass. Yep. And that's uh, not, not to heart back to this. That's Detroit, baby. Yeah, that's, that's right. That, that that's Midwestern football. That's not East coast football. That that's not, that's not Ivy league. Right. This right. is, this is mid American conference. This is, this is Gleak, you know, getting your dirt, dirty fingernails football. That, that's what you're going to see on this defense. And, I, and I'll tell you that I, I worked for a West Coast company for a long time. I now work for an East Coast company. The, the the cultures and the styles could not be any different, and they're exactly kind of how you'd expect from each coast. But none of them are Detroit. Detroit is truly its own thing. Uh, and, it is. And this, I, I, and you're, I, I, you're I, absolutely right. I'm from Cleveland. I lived in Indianapolis. I spent a lot of time in Cincinnati and Columbus. And Houston. Um, <laughs> and, and Houston and, and Washington, D.C. Yeah. As, as well. They're all – Peculiar in their own way, but Detroit is Detroit has a chip that if you play it successfully, and, and I'm not talking about the Detroit versus the world thing because right. I I'm not I'm not a huge not a huge proponent of that honestly, yeah. um, and maybe that's because I'm not a Detroit guy. I don't know, but there's there's an edge to it, and it, it's it's the bad boy pisses. It's the Chuck yeah. Daly mantra yeah. of we're going to outwork everybody. The going to work pistons embodied it too. Um, and you know, the, the Tigers, you know, back in 84, the, even when they were, you know, having that phenomenal start, you know, guys like Alan Trammell, Lou Whitaker, those guys grind. They were on the grind every they, they single They celebrate day. the grind in yep. Detroit more than they do anywhere else. Yep. You can be a bad player, but if you're trying hard, Detroit's going to embrace your ass. Yep. And, and that's, that's, that, that's where you're at with this team. That's <laughs> a sense of why people in Detroit get mad and are, I don't want to say sensitive because that's not the right word, but get uptight when you talk crap about the city or what, what's up because they do grind. And they put their nose yes. down. And you yes. know what? Nobody wins 100% of the time, but you don't rip on the people that do the work. And that's that's that kind of Detroit, that's that Detroit mentality. Let's talk about somebody else who's doing the work, but injured today, TJ Hawkinson. Now, this is this could be a big deal. We don't know the extent of the injury. Um, we don't. What happened, Riz? And and wh- okay. what do you feel? What are your what's your thoughts? All right. So so where from our vantage point in the media area, um, there's two media areas. There's one that's off to the side of the field. There's one that's in the end zone. I was in the end zone with most of the people. We couldn't see it because it happened through a bunch of bodies. Uh, the people on the other side uh, said, I forget who said it uh, or saw it clearly, but he fell hard. And Okuda might have landed on him, and it, it for, for, again, this is this is second hand, but it sounded like Hawkinson was fine when he hit hard, but when when Okuda landed on him is when he started to to have the pain. And I, I don't know what body part it was. I, I've heard shoulder, I've heard hip. Um, we will we will certainly ask Dan Campbell about it in, on, on Wednesday morning at <laughs> his press conference before <laughs> practice. You better believe we will we will ask about that. He will probably volunteer it. Quite honestly, he's been pretty pretty judicious about giving that sort of information. Um, 
I just hope that it's not serious. Hope that it's not something that keeps him out Friday night uh, against the Bills because I, w- I want to see him get out there and, and attack. And yeah. uh, you're, not gonna get Jared Goff, you're not going to get Jared You're not going to get Jared Goff at his best without TJ Hawkinson on the field. Yeah, and want to see this offense. I mean, I know they're not showing everything, but I just want to see it work in a live fire exercise. Right? I want to see him out there. Um, really, really. First, the first team offense had a really nice series in Ford Field on Saturday against the second team defense. I want to see them do it against the first team defense. That's uh, right. Because uh, and and they they'll get a shot against and Buffalo. Buffalo is a team that could win the Super Bowl this year. Yeah. Um, and they just paid their quarterback two hundred and sixty some million dollars. God bless them. Yeah. Um, and we're we're gonna see Josh Allen and and Josh Allen is a unique animal. He is very difficult to defend because. I don't think even Josh Allen knows what Josh Allen is going to do when he drops back to pass on any given play. Yeah, yeah, so that's exactly. going to be a fun test for the defense too. That's but yeah, for, for offensively, you want to see Jared Goff get into a bit of a rhythm or hit a big play, yep. and it's going to be really difficult for that to happen with this offensive core without TJ Hawkinson on the field. So yep. fingers crossed that it's nothing serious that he's not out for more than a week if he's even out at all. Yep. Got our diamond CBD injury report right there. Head on over to cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com. Use keyword lions and check out. You get 55% off Delta eight for a little while still available in uh, Michigan. So get it while you can. Delta eight is your kind of uh, Indica style, chill out and relax kind of go, but take never one fear. Yeah. one kids. <laughs> never fear. What you need is here. Delta 10. It's not legislated in Michigan. They will, they will they will get to Delta 356 if they have to. Keep going. Keep going there, legislature. Do what you do your best. Uh, Delta 10's come out. It is a little bit more of a sativa uh, kind of a feel. It's energy. It's um, it's very, you will get a buzz. You will not pass a drug test because they, while they should be checking for Delta 9, it's a wide span test, so you won't pass with that. But it will kill your pain. You'll feel great. You'll get a nice buzz out of it. If you want to kill the pain, yeah. the insomnia, and the anxiety, you can get any of the CBD products that aren't the Delta or the Chill lines. And those Chris, was- I have all those problems. Thank you for, for giving me a product that will help me with all those issues. Absolutely. And if you don't use the Chill or Delta lines, you will pass your drug test. You can take those things without fear, and that will help you out. I've got, oh, where'd it go? Oh, here it is. <laughs> right here. This is the CBD oil 3500. Got to get my face there. There we go. Uh, whatever. 3,500. <laughs> my, my face keeps popping out. It wants to. This camera's great at following your head. Oh, well, I'm done. Oh, wait. It's the, the CBD oil and uh, won't mess up your drug test and will absolutely make you feel great. I use the sleep app because I've really been getting into what my sleep is like. And my deep sleep Good. just goes blam. And I, and I get that deep cycle sleep with this stuff. This is really, really helpful. Regenerative for your body. If you have any of those kinds of problems, we talk about CBD may be the thing that can help you. CBD.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Lions, key, uh, coupon code for 55% off. That's your CBD, uh, D- Diamond CBD injury report. Okay, let's get on to uh, camp surprises, observations, and battles to take note of. Uh, big stuff. Okay. I want to start out with one, Riz, because this is from when I, I left camp. This is kind of where we left it off, and I want to know what's happened um, since then. If Yadu... Uh, Melifonwu and Amon Ra. Well St. done, Chris. Good job on the pronunciation, <laughs> buddy. Thank you. That was that was gold. <laughs> Amon Ra St. Brown. Uh, they went at it, and there were some blows, and it was for real. It was a for real kind of situation. I mean, nobody. There wasn't blood or anything. 
It wasn't an MMA match, but there was some real thing. Now I want to talk. Wasn't the Giants? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. The people didn't retire after it. At least. I can't believe it. They've had two players that since that happened. Like, nope. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to talk about this because there's something I heard. People, I don't want to say if they're smart, they're smarter than us, but they're they're just in a position of knowing. Okay. And I, so if you to, one of the words that was used, and, and I hate to say this and I hate to use this word, but we talk, it, it came up in Reddit and um, people were like, oh, no, um, the word soft was used around around him. And especially after mm-hmm. that, um, mm-hmm. we saw what happened and, and you were closer to that than I was because they were over on your that, side of the field. So that I, happened I, right in front of us yeah. on the media side also. I, I, I want two things. One, if you would just describe the incident. Okay. And sure. then I want you to kind of talk about what's happened afterwards with Ifyadu because I'm, I'm, I, I, I don't want that to be said about a third round pick and stick. But like I said, this was somebody who we respect that said that. So I just, I'll leave it at that. And it is. And, and, it. and I know who you're talking about. And I will tell you, I've heard that from other people aside from that person, uh, independently as well, that, uh, there, there are concerns. Um, soft isn't necessarily the right word. I, I would use the word. Um, he, he's too cerebral at times. He's a very smart guy, like on and off the field. Yeah. And, and to be honest with you, he might've fit, really well with Patricia because he is a guy who likes to, to process and, and had enough play of out shit. all the different possibilities. <laughs> um, so, so the incident that happened, they're doing a, a, a special teams drill where you're, 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 you're coming back to block from one side. Another guy is running straight forward at the returner and you have to block him. And it was Amon Ra who was blocking and Ifyatu who was running through and he ran through and hit a freaking wall and Amon Ra um, and Amon Ra let him know it. And if Yatu took a little bit of umbrage with it and threw a, a, a half-hearted thing, um, Amon Ra, he, he, he didn't do anything half-hearted. He, he came back. <laughs> and he hit, he hit if Yatu, like right here in the shoulder with a, an, an open hand, uh, and it's, it's on the pad. And dude went flying, <laughs> like, <laughs> like several feet. Uh, St. Brown's and then, got hell then, of a stab, so you're saying. <laughs> yeah, the, the, then cooler heads did prevail. Um, the, the, there was a there there was a scrum of players, but it wasn't you know it wasn't like New York where all ninety people started throwing on one another, and Daniel Jones winds up on the bottom of the pile and he has to get rescued. <laughs> Players retire afterwards because they're sick of Joe Judge as their coach. Oh, man. oh my God, it could be worse, guys. Um, yeah. Um, if, if you're a better, bet the under on the Giants this year. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, mm-hmm. Good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so so uh, they did another rep after that, though. And, and this is what I liked about both Ifyatu and Amon Ra. They went at it again, and there was no hard feelings. You know? mm-hmm. and, and after practice, they each talked with, with different members of the media. I, I think we got Amon Ra that day to talk with us. Um, but no, we got it. We got it. And he talked about it and, and, you know, praised him. He liked the intensity. He's like, you know what? That's, that, that's just a guy going hard. We were both going hard. Um, I was frustrated and, you know, I, I, I let him show it. And uh, so, so today um, to, to just, just spin it forward, the same rep or the same drill, they're doing it today. With Okuda. It's Amon Ra. Going against Okuda, <laughs> and Amon Ra stonewalls Okuda. 
Now, first off, these two are never going to be playing special teams in an NFL game. That, that Make that clear at all. But they're doing it in practice anyways. And Okuda didn't like what, what Amon Ra did to him. Uh, because, I, again, if Amon Ra was a special teams guy, he would be he would be the Josh Cribs. Um, just an absolute, the, the greatest. Josh Cribs, aside from being an exceptional return man, was the single greatest blocker on special teams I've ever seen. Um, and I've been around football a very long time. Yep. Uh, and and Amon Ra has that kind of potential. Not that they're ever going to see it, but he's got that sort of dog in him. We may <laughs> see it in the run game, though. Yes, and that yes, is we will. huge. Just just we'll just, yes. we'll just put, put that out there. But yeah, go, go yeah. ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. So so, so um, they got it, and they were John, and and you saw Amon Ra like put put hands up, like like hey, okay, peace, but. If you want to, you can catch these hands too. <laughs> and, and people got around, uh, and and they were talking, but they nothing came of it. Um, and when they were done, each of them slapped each other on the helmet, and they walked away. Yeah. And uh, they went back to reps, and and practice continued. You know, again, a no brawl, no hard feelings. Um, it, it's guys who are feeling the intensity of the moment, and they're fired up, and they're passionate about what they're doing, and they're they're to take it seriously. But not not enough that they lost their heads. And I thought that was really cool. How <laughs> how much do you think carried over on that rep from the embarrassment? It was either a day or two prior where Amon Ra hurtled Okuda. Because so that, that was that was that was Friday. Yeah, that, that was had a sting, right? That was that was. Uh, oh man, so. Uh, He's got a uh, yeah. set, man. So, I'm not. I I can't believe he got that set over Okuda with the rest of his body because they're gigantic, <laughs> man. And then the, 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 the celebratory punt afterwards yeah. was like, dude, oh man, <laughs> there, there's a new sheriff in town, baby. So uh, uh, yeah, that 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 was wildly impressive. So by the way, they did that drill again today, and once again, the offense was really, really ahead of the defense on that. And it's designed for the offense to win. Right, right. Uh, it, 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 it's not your Oklahoma drill where you're running straight at each other, but it, it's where the running the 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 ball carrier is coming from one end, and the the defender is coming from the other, but he's coming from a side um, at an angle, mm-hmm. and he has to try to catch him off. And uh, uh, Amon Ra had a rep where he did not get touched. Darius Jennings, one of the new wide receivers, had two reps today where he was just too fast in the defense. <laughs> they never touched him. Mm-hmm. He's like, okay, I'm going up the sideline, and you're not going to get me. And sure enough, he didn't. Um, so, uh, yeah, but Okuda, Okuda is not good in that drill. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that, that's not where he – which is weird because, like, the one thing he did well last year was tackle. Um, yep. He, yep. he, he this, this, not, not a good drill for Jeff Okuda. Uh, he, he dove at some feet today. I don't remember whose feet it was, but he dove and missed, and that was uh, that's what he did against Amon Ra. And Amon Ra let him know it. We didn't, we didn't see any celebration on it today, but, yeah, that – there's definitely something going on there. You know, the, the offense versus defense, you know, you, you want your boys to win. Yeah. And that, 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 that's something that harkens back to the Jim Schwartz era where the offensive line and the defensive line specifically back in the Schwartz time, they had their personal pride and they went at it to prove that they were the better line. Yep. And you're getting that between the position groups again, you know, Patricia didn't want any of that. He didn't want any color at all. Yeah. Caldwell, Caldwell gray. Gray was the yeah, only yeah, color. Yeah, great, great. Gray's Gray's a good description of that. This is we're we're we want this competitiveness. We want to foster positive energy, but competitiveness. Every snap needs to be a battle, but it doesn't need to be a mindless, you know, brawl battle. 
And I, I think I think to Dan Campbell and his coaching staff's credit, they've done a fantastic job of managing that sort of thing. Yep. yep. I really do. All right. All right. Any really quick before we go on, uh surprises that you that you have out of uh camp? Um can I can I make them negative? Sure, we can do that. We I mean we probably should have a little bit of a um, bitterness in our coffee, uh, right? <laughs> so um, remember when uh, back in uh, April after the draft and they signed some undrafted free agents mm-hmm. um, and everybody was excited about Sage Surratt, Jonathan Adams, who didn't even make it through rookie minicamp, and uh, Javon McKinley as wide receivers. Um, they're not good guys. <laughs> they're not making the team. I was going to ask uh, I'm not, about Sage. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not sure that any of them are – I'm not sure that Surratt or McKinley are even going to stick on the practice squad, to be honest with you. My friend, we saw him at the Senior Bowl, expected more than we got, right? I mean, yes. he, he he just didn't stand out there like is, we thought he would. And we Surratt, like, there is it, – it, it's hard to describe a wide receiver with less twitch and, and like, fast twitch muscle. The suddenness of a refrigerator. I, I don't know if I've ever seen one. <laughs> There's just nothing there with it. Um, and, and he doesn't have the greatest hands in the world, doesn't run the – I, it's not happening. The flip side, uh, to, to give you a surprise, aside from our friend Jerry Jacobs, who is Ooh. making the team. Fire. Um, we'll talk about him. A.J. Parker, number 41. You're going to see him play against Buffalo. He, he is going to get a lot a lot of run in the slot uh, nice. Friday night. Nice. He's making the team, too, um, based on what we've seen. He, he he will have reps where he looks awful, but he is a playmaker. He goes and gets the ball, and he can hit, and he's got size, and he's much better in the pros than he was at Kansas State. Um, so so pleasant surprises there. The the defensive backs as undrafted rookies. And uh, there's another one. Um, I don't know if he's a rookie this year, but Elijah Holder, mm-hmm. a safety number. Th- mm-hmm. he's, he's number 33. Another guy to watch. He's going to play a lot Friday night. Yep. Heading in, in that drill we were talking about today, where we're just talking about where the, the offense was way ahead of the defense. The first time through, he was literally the only defender who won the rep, and he, he he didn't just win it. He stripped the ball out and picked it up off a bounce and took it back the other way. Yep. Um, he's had those moments in camp too. So so keep an eye on the the undrafted rookies on defense because the, there's a lot of those dudes. And, and just I talked about Jay Sean Cornell earlier. We didn't see him at all last year because of his Achilles tore. Duke can play. Now he's going to be suspended for the first three games, so he's going to make the roster and be on the suspended list. When he comes back, he's not going. Hmm. Like he, 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 so somebody else is going away at yeah. his expense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm going to get into. Um, we're going to do depth charts here in a second. Expectations for preseason, but uh, we have a segment we'll do periodically. Um, it's it's going to. I'll start with um, my piece. First, maybe I'll bring I'll bring uh, Riz's in first, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll just go, go with it. Uh, this up. segment is called uh, the bullshit. All right, <laughs> that's my man. I love that guy. <laughs> I want to talk really quick. First off, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull I'm gonna set you up, Riz. I'm gonna let you go with it. Um, there was a quote from no. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I, I just want to say. We're, this is it's, you know a little bit of, of media criticism here. Last year we were very very uh, critical. I was in particular of the ESPN beat writer. Okay, and there was a couple people. There was a podcast, and there was a couple other writers who rushed to his defense to say how great he was <laughs> and us and all that. And I ask you to re- to compare 
what's being written at ESPN by Eric Woodyard versus last year's beat writer, and tell me that last year's beat writer had any talent at all. I, and I don't want to, I don't want to go that far because he did have some talent, but was at all good yes. at his role as a beat writer for ESPN because it was pure garbage comparatively. And I want to tell you, this is the thing you need to worry about. And and I and Riz hears this from me all the time. I and I yell at him, and he's, I not, do. he's, he's not he's not. <laughs> He's not, not like bad about this, but it used to be that there was massive competition between the news organizations and the beat writers while they were collegial and had a good relationship. They all fought for their stories. And and I think yes. you see that still with like a Justin Rogers, right? He develops his stories, his sources, the whole thing. He does that kind of thing. What you have is a large group of folks who are pretty young in those roles who mm-hmm. are buddies first. Right. And what you're getting is a homogenous reporting out of there. Okay. And that's what you, the the result is something like defending this former ESPN writer who was, is just not that great again. And, and I, and I'm saying, look at Eric Woodyard and make the comparison and tell me that those people have any understanding of talent. If they're standing up for that guy, they were standing up for a friend, not for the quality of content. And that my friend is exactly what's wrong with them breathing their own air that way. And that the, the, the missing competition, you didn't see that from killer Kowalski, the real classic Mike O'Hara when he was, when he was covering those things, that's not how it was. And I think the reader and the fan and the person who's interested in information is the one that suffers the most. So from that's my piece for this section of the bullshit. All right. So now we'll go on to the next one. (laughs) I want to talk to you a little bit about um, a a quote, uh, something like no turds have been left by Patricia and Quinn and and Riz. I know this Uh, one's got you a little bit. Oh, my God. All right. All right. So I drove home from practice today. I, I live I live on the west side of the state. It's a long drive home. Um, as, as you know, I am not from Detroit. I'm not familiar with 97.1. I, I didn't grow up listening to it. I don't know this. I don't know the personalities. I don't even know the names of the guys that are on the station. But I thought, okay, my friend Jim Costa now works there, who I used to co-host. Uh, we, we won a broadcasting award together for our Sunday morning show on, on the now defunct 96.1 in, in, in Grand Rapids. Um, and I like Jim a lot, and I have listened to him when he's on uh, because um, he's a pot stirrer. But he is not a he's not a guy who will put fake things in the pot to stir it. Right. And what I heard today was it, it infuriated me, Chris. I, I almost I, I, I almost pulled over the car. I was almost shaking in anger so much that I had to stop. Uh, it, it was hard for me. It, it was a very good thing that I wound up being at a stoplight at Haggerty and Seven Mile because I needed I needed the break because that, 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 that's 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 where happened. And again, I don't know who those are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, what used to be a macaroni grill is there too. Um, yeah. Um, of macaroni grill. <laughs> Sorry. There's a Trader Joe's if you so, if you if you want a little bit of healthy help. Yeah, Trader Joe's was was, yeah. was back to my left. I'm not yeah. familiar with um, theory at all. <laughs> not at all. Um, so the, they were talking, um, and, and again, I, I I don't know the personalities at all. I don't know like if the, so I was giving them a chance because I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm here. I should probably get familiar with it. Um, and they had a caller who called in. I forget who the caller was, but he was good. And he brought up a good point and they had a, a, a nice little banter on it. So I'm like, okay, all right, all right. And then they started talking about how P- Patricia said this morning in the press conference on a question from Justin, by the way, um, that, that uh, Patricia and Quinn didn't leave him turds. And they interpreted that as he was talking about the, the talent level of the players. When 
that is such a complete fabrication and misconstruence of what Dan Campbell talks about when he's talking about turds. He's talking about personality, about work ethic, about coachability. Um, he's talking about the, the, they didn't was not he was not referring whatsoever to any talent level of any of the players. And that's the only thing that they focused on was like, oh, my God, this guy's talking up all the play, all the god awful players that, that were left behind. Um, how can how can we get behind this? Because they're, they're again, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. Um, and I'm, I was remembering this from anger. I'm, I'm a little agitated right now, to be honest with you. I probably need some Delta eight or something. Um, <laughs> we got you, brother. We got you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I like, like they were, and, and the, the problem was, was that they were leading people down a road that it is, it, it's not the road. It, it was, it was, it was it bullshit. Um, <laughs> to, to the bullshit. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Um, the, they're, they're trying to make something there that isn't there. That's negative. Like you can, we just talked about it. You can have a negative. You can think that Matt Patric- or the, 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 the Dan Campbell isn't going to work out. Um, and, and I, we don't know if it's going to work out, but putting that BS take out there that they're talking about players who we know can't play. That's not what Dan Campbell was talking about at all. And if you listen to the question from Justin, and I was because I was sitting right behind him. That's not what he was talking about at all. He was talking about the personality of the players, about the 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 the, the work ethic, the the desire to get better, the coachability. The they're not troublemakers. They're not knuckleheads. They're not people that are going out and getting arrested. They're not people failing drug tests. They're not doing things like that. That's what he's talking about when he's talking about turds. He's not talking about skill level on the field at all. That's not what he means. And to intimate that that's what he meant is wrong. Yes, they need to be called out on that BS. And if you're listening to 97.1, whoever is on there afternoons, you need to let them know that they're lying to you. Understand that they have an agenda. And, and this is why I've been skeptical of this station in the past, because, again, I haven't listened. I don't know who these people are, but the, the phrase professional negativity came up from when I was on the radio in Grand Rapids. Uh, about what 97.1 was, what they were professionally negative on purpose. And they're doing that here. And that really, really bothers me. Um, the manufacturing, again, the actual, like, it, you're creating a lie. That's yes. the thing. It, this is the and they're one selling thing. it to, and, and they have a, and, and what really bothers me, this is the flagship station of the Lions Radio Network. Mm-hmm. The Lions are complicit in allowing this. It, they got to do, you can't do that. You just can't. It's so disingenuous. It's so wrong. Misleading people on purpose like that. I, I can't do it. I'm, I'm, There's I'm, nothing. Chris, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty effing pissed right at the moment. <laughs> it, it really, really bothers me. There's like nothing. you can be negative about this. There's plenty of things to be negative about. Don't make crap up. Nothing makes me angrier than being lied to. Right. Look, tell oh me, tell me, the hard, tell me the hard news. That's fine. I can take it. I'm a grown man. Right. Uh, it, it's, it's just the way nuts, things man. are. But the lie, when you lie to me, that's the thing that, uh, uh-uh. uh. and when I rely on the news, whether it's sports news or whatever else, and it's fake 
and it's manufactured, and it's a lie, a straight I lie. Hate it's that. okay to be ignorant. Ignorance is okay because you can learn, right? If you report something uh, and mistakenly or yes. whatever, you make a correction, all that sort of thing. That that that's that's fine. I'm okay with that. But to straight lie, that's a thing. You lo- you lose me every and to know single that you're doing time. And it was clear from the tone that they mm. knew that they were doing it, and they didn't care that that's. We're doing that because we know it's going to get people riled up and we know that it's going to create negativity. And that means listeners because negative listeners listen twice as long as possible. It's just the old Howard Stern theorem. And it's true, by the way. Uh, I, 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 I I was, I was offended by it and I'm offended for the Lions that they're on that radio station as their flagship network. And I hope that they do something about it or at least, at least somebody on that station, maybe, maybe it'll be Jim Costa who comes in and, and clears it up and, you know what kills know, me? You know what kills me? The guy, and, and I'll tell you, this is the most, and, and Riz, don't take this the wrong way, right? But in Detroit media, the most wonderful, kind-hearted, generous, amazing person in all of Detroit media. And 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 he's he's right there with, with Dan Miller, who is a genuine, wonderful person. Jim Brandstetter also just, I'm happy to call him a friend, just a great, great guy. But Tony Ortiz. And he does yes. the desk there. Um, he he has uh, some work that he does there. I really hate that he is associated with that because he is a special kind of guy with, that brings so much just beyond what he co- the coverage yes. as a human being. Right? I he's such that. a he's, wonderful guy. When mm. when we were doing he 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 was on our show on our show previews last year, yep, yep. and every time before he came on, we talked about what we didn't talk about football. We talked about family. We talked about how life is going. And it was genuine. It was sincere. We went out to lunch with him one yeah. time. What a what a wonderful human being! And yeah, it, it bugs me with it, that he gets dragged into that mire. No, no, no. I know there's a lot of people. There's probably a lot of people who are watching this who are like, you know, shut the hell up, dude. What punk ass? You're not from Detroit. You, you don't <laughs> get that. If, if honest, honest to God, if if you're if you're consuming that and and you know buying it 100. percent you probably shouldn't be listening to me ever. You should certainly shouldn't be listening to Lions Wire or reading my my stuff there because that that's not what I do. That's not what I believe in. And I I it, it really really bothered me that they were doing that. And, and what really it, because the, like the, the segment that they had before and the questions they had before, they did a really good job. And I'm like, okay, I, I and that that's that's selling the lie even more because they know that they've got their tentacles in these people. They got their talents sunk in, and you know the. Oh God, God, Chris, it bothered me. They're the bullshit. They're the bullshit. Thank you. You've had enough of that shit. There we go. All right, that's that segment. We'll we'll get through that, and we'll we'll get through a little bit of a little bit of something to get you riled up. Got, it definitely riles us up. Uh, Want to get into the depth charts really quick? The projected depth chart from the Lions. Um, rumor has it that there's a little bit more involvement than uh, normal from people in the know in the yeah. Lions organization on this. So, <laughs> so yeah. So no- normally the the unofficial depth chart that gets filled out and it's required by the NFL before every game gets filled out by a, by a media team intern um, mm-hmm. from the lions Mm -hmm. i will tell you because i know who did it this time the the lions helped that person fill out the depth chart not they did they didn't tell them what to do but they they um if a question was asked it was answered honestly and uh that that so yes so you're getting much more um especially at a couple of positions you're getting much more of the reality than you would normally expect to get from this um when you look at like the atlanta falcons was where the willie beavers is a projected starting right tackle um another thing he, he's I, I'd be stunned if he makes the team and, and people in Atlanta have told me that they'd be stunned if he ever plays for them too. But that, that it, 
that's the difference between what you're getting in and with Detroit is that yep. there there's there's more credibility behind this one than normal. Yep. All right. So I want to start out really quick. Important position quarterback. It looks like Jared Goff has that sealed for now. <laughs> Um, we'll see how that goes. Uh, I, think, more, I, think, I think that's a safe one. More interestingly, Boyle is ahead of Blau. Yes, and, and, and Boyle the, has turned it up. Boyle has turned it up, and Blau has not. Yes. Um, so, yeah. There's, uh, yeah. I can't, right? God, I got to get my shit right. Right there. Right. I can't do There, where my thumb is. That's a you know? uh, that's a Tim Boyle signed ball. We'll have that for the uh, St. Jude auction this year. Hopefully, hopefully we don't see a whole lot out of him, <laughs> but that, we'll have that up for the with the auction this year. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So something that came up in our Patreon Slack today, and by the way, you can you can join the Patreon Slack for just a dollar a month. Yeah. Um, that's all you need to do. And Rich um, is going to do something special most, with the Patreon people, I hear. We are. We are doing something special <laughs> with the Patreon people, um, and you need to join to find out what that is. Um, our Slack channel is great. It's the most intelligent Lions banter anywhere on the internet. Uh, and uh, we had we had a little talk in it today, and one of the questions that came up uh, just randomly was uh, talking about uh, Boyle's arm strength versus Jared Goff. Yes, Tim Boyle has a better deep ball throw than Jared Goff. That's about the only place where he throws the ball where he's better than Jared Goff. Uh, Tim Boyle, uh, if, if you're a golfer, you know the, the concept of a worm burner. Mm-hmm. Every short throw is the football equivalent of a worm burner from, from Tim Boyle. <laughs> Every one phrase. of them, without yeah. without exception. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot the phrase worm burner. That's awesome. All right, so let's talk about uh, wide receivers really quick. Tyrell Williams and who he's, you... he's one, and it's not close. Yep. Um, number two is closer to number seven than he is to number one. Yes, yes. Brashad Perriman <laughs> is on the other side, the top wide receiver. I, I have to say, the days I was in camp, he did not have a single drop. He made some really good plays. Uh, Goff got him the ball really well. I I was impressed with what I saw. Again, just those first couple he's of been, days. Of he's camp. been fairly good. Um, was not great today. Um, was was very good Friday last Friday. Um, was not great the what was I missed one day last week. Um, the day before I missed, he wasn't good. So I, I mean, wanna, you, I, you get there's the one thing that gives me hope that you know we've talked about about where he's at, but the one thing that may just reach him. Saw Herman Moore out there talking to him, and I think there that you talk about a real connection, right? I mean, it, it, for those that don't know, uh, Brett Perriman's no longer with us, and yes. um, you know, there's there's that connection that they had, that kind of brotherhood plan together in those years yep. that may be just a little something that helps him kind of find his his spot. But um, I hope so. I hope so. I'd love to I see so that too. guy nail it. Yeah, Rashad look look physically looks fantastic. Yeah. Oh yeah, he does. He's a beast. <laughs> Uh, Quintes sits behind Tyrell Williams in the uh, in the wide receiver depth charts, and then Amon Ra St. Brown, um, and that, that's down. I, I mean, if I go, I'm going to go to the bottom. So, Ch- go ahead. So, so, so go more because Khalif Raymond is next or should be next. So, so yes, he's, he's number two on the Prashad Perriman uh, uh, side. Amon Ra is your slot, and Khalif is the second slot, but but. Khalif is also going to play some outside, um, and I would I would venture to guess that he's ahead of Cephas on the outside too, based on what I've seen. The one guy I want to say, and his name is perfect, Geronimo. He's way down the chart. I don't think he's making the team. To be honest with you, my friend, I just didn't so, see much out of him. So in in the in the offense versus defense drill that we were talking about today, where the the offense had a lot of wins, Geronimo Allison is. Um, oh, I got it right here. Okay. Um, Official roster. Uh, he is number eighteen. 
He is six foot three and 190 pounds, uh, which seems fairly accurate. He tried to bowl through Bobby Price. Bobby Price is six foot three and 208 pounds, and um, his muscles have muscles. He's another guy. Like, <laughs> like if he's walking down the street and doesn't have a shirt on, nobody's going to tell him to put one on. He, he's that kind of dude. Yeah, yeah. And and so Geronimo Elson tries to like crash through him, and Price is just like. Toronto <laughs> goes flying backwards. One of the very few defensive wins. Uh, I don't. It, it, he can catch the ball on a deep throw. He made a very nice sliding deep catch today. Mm-hmm. Um, when they brought Darius Jennings in, that was for me. That was effectively the end of the Geronimo Allison experiment. Yeah. Yep. And I will say that um, if you look, Sage Surratt is behind geronimo i to, to and, say and belongs there yeah quite quite yeah. frankly he belongs there yeah. based on what we've seen got sorry my, got my rally towel sorry these are really cool i really enjoyed this is pretty cool little they are they're uh, they're giving out shirts tomorrow for anybody who can get Ooh. out there on wednesday's Ooh. practice all right so we, that's where uh right tackle panay of course frank reg now jonah jackson taylor decker uh, of course, TJ Hawkinson. Second Again, behind yeah. TJ uh, is Elise Mack. On the other side, you have Darren Fells, uh, followed behind him, Brock Wright. Okay, so let's talk about the, the tight ends real quick here. The number three tight end should be Elise Max to to lose, and he's losing it. Uh, and, and Dan Campbell's oh. talked a lot about this. I wrote about this a lot in the Lions Wire recap of practice today. Go check that out. But uh, right now... This is a very big preseason game for for Alize Mack and Charlie Tomopeo because they are the two front runners on it. I don't think Brock Wright has a lot of a chance. I will say that the other guy, um, and his name's escaping me now. Um, Hunter Thetford. I'm looking right at Hunter Thetford. Yes, Hunter Thetford. Um, uh, he has a shot at it as well. Uh, he probably needs to block a little bit better. But uh, if, if if they're going for a blocker, Tomopo has got it. No question. Got it. Um, if they're going for a receiver, it's more up for grabs. And Ali Zamak looks phenomenal. Um, and, in fact, I, I, I wrote it up. Uh, he, he talked to us today after practice. Really, really engaging guy. Mm-hmm. Um, beautiful, beautiful eyes, by the way. And a body. Um, I mean, he's, he's – Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah dude, 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 dude could be a male model yeah. if he wants to be. Yep, yep. Um, but he he is dangerously close to being the looks like Tarzan plays like Jane. Oof, um, there's it. just there's just not many rep wins in anything for and, Mac yet, and you got to think with Fells and um and Hawkinson there that they are looking for a blocker. I just I just have the yeah. sense that that's a blocking tight end is what the the next guy yeah. on the list is going to be. Dar- so. Darren Fells, by the way, to go back to the dudes that, that walk with them swinging. Oh, Darren Fells, another one of those Darren guys. Fels. Love Darren <laughs> Fells. Yep. <laughs> All right, gonna really quick. You have um, DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams, Jamar Jefferson, as we thought. As far as yeah, Jeff- Jefferson's hurt right now. He's yeah. probably not going to play this week. You're going to see none of the other guys ever should be in the NFL regular season game. Um, and I, I don't. I, I'm just being blunt on that. Kabinda, if they keep a fullback, he looks good out there. I mean, he he. Kabinda, Kabinda is absolutely making the football. Yeah, team. yeah. No question. Yeah, yeah. No he, question. He looked really good out there. I liked what I saw. Okay, on the defensive side of the ball, you have Brockers ahead of hand. Uh, you have yep. Aleem McNeil as your nose tackle and John Penasini behind him. On uh, yeah. on An- is behind yeah. Deshaun, Deshaun Hand, just so you know. Um, on the other end, you have Williams, Jashon Cornell, and then Kevin Strong. Um, outside, linebackers. Yeah, so, go go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead uh, one, one quick thing. Uh, you will not see Penasini Friday night um, unofficially. You will see P.J. Williams, who's back. 
or PJ Johnson rather, um, who's back. He was a 2019 seventh round pick. Um, they cut him. He's back. He is your immovable object type nose tackle who will soak up reps. Yep. Uh, Penasini will be turtling. Uh, he's we've been in the pool. Uh, okay, so we have uh, will be uh, Trey Flowers on on uh, one side, followed by Charles yeah. Harris, and behind him even Austin Bryant, uh, uh, maybe. Um, Alex Anzalone <laughs> is an inside linebacker with Sean Dion Hamilton. Austin Bryant was phenomenal in practice today. Yep. He put a whip on, on Panay Sewell today. <laughs> it was like, oh, oh, wow. Okay. Um, Sean Dion Hamilton has shown up. And then you have J- yes. Jalen Reeves-Maben behind him. And then behind them, Derek Barnes, who I was really thinking was going to do pretty well here. I had a good Barnes sense is Barnes. really behind from from yeah. from being injured. So he was he was doing reps today, uh, and and he's like he will make the team. Uh, Jalen Reeves Maben today was his very first day. He got activated off the COVID list, and he's at a bar. Uh, <laughs> special teams are his uh, special teams will be where he makes the team, um, and it will be a case of. Can Sean John Hamilton, who I think is, it, I think that's the battle point right there. And I don't think John Lonnie Tobias is going to make it. Um, uh, sorry, sorry, Jelani. Uh, uh, I, I love the dude. Call I really do. Slim. Just call him Slim Tobias because he looks freaking yeah. dang good, man. He does, but he's just a, a, a day late and a buck short. Too many reps, too often, too consistently. Um, Sean John, if, if they're looking for a guy who can come in and cover as a nickel package backer, mm-hmm. He's going to get it over Reeves Maven if it's based on special teams. Reeves Maven makes it. That, that's that's my take now. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Now, <laughs> as of August tenth, nine fifty one p.m. I'm going to show you really quick a shot of Tavai, and this is this is just unreal. If you haven't seen the the transformation, there he is. Look at that body. That's what I mean when I say, "Hey, Slim, what's up?" Yeah. July Tavai yep. just looking like a whole new person. Bums me out. They have him second uh, here. Behind Jamie Collins, uh, and then Pittman, and then Beckett. So we'll see how that I would plays say. Out. I would say Pittman is ahead of him, and I. Tavante Beckett's going to make the practice squad. The team loves that guy, mm-hmm. uh, but he's he's small and he's green. Uh, but but there there's a lot to work with there. Okay. We'll see practice squads opportunities here too. Tavai can still yep. make the practice squad too, couldn't he? There, there is technically no uh, qualification against the practice squad anymore. You, you can be a 10-year vet and still be yeah. in the practice squad. Yeah, so they, I wouldn't – look, they may give up on him now, but w- the, the the transformation he went through and the, the dedication yeah. he had, he just might land himself a spot there. We'll just see. We'll see what happens with, with uh, Tobias. Well, one, one thing to keep in mind, there are cuts every Tuesday now. So when, yep. when we next talk after the preseason game, there will be five guys less on the team – than there are right now. Yep. Um, Tavai won't be one of those. Um, I'm actually going to predict who that is for Lionswire. I will have that up uh, probably Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see if I get all five. I have a very, 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 very strong idea of who three of them are. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Barring uh, injuries. <laughs> um, let's see. On the other side, uh, outside linebacker, you have Romeo Okora, then Julian Okora, followed yep. by Robert McCray. Uh, then we'll go to cornerback. You got this is interesting. Dunbar's behind Okuda. Okay. And so Dunbar's, Dunbar's still not in Detroit. Um, and is an excused absence, but he's He's not been there. Just so everyone he, hears, he's not yeah. been there. And he's ahead not. of Ifyatu. <laughs> okay. Malafonwu. I, I will say that. That is more about Ifyatu's play. Um yeah. it's been not 
up to the level that you would expect for a third round pick yep. Yep, is exactly. the diplomatic way to say it. Yep. Um, and it's, it's not hopeless. You, you don't throw in the towel on him. Obviously yep. if you're expecting him to contribute a lot as a rookie, you're probably asking a little bit too much for what he's done yep. thus far. Amani O'Rourke on the other side, Mike Ford, Nickel Roby Coleman, and then all right, Jerry so, so, the man, Jerry Jacobs, baby, yep. Yep. Jerry Jerry Jacobs and, and AJ Parker both have looked really good. Yep. yep. Um, so they signed Nickel Roby Coleman. He only plays in the slot. They have and, and Dan Campbell talked about it this morning. That means that Mike Ford, who's been getting a lot of the first team reps in the slot, is moving back outside where where. Both he's more comfortable and the defense is more comfortable having him. The way to read into that is by moving Mike out, that means that they really like what A.J. Parker, who's gotten some first-team reps in the slot, is doing. Uh, and, and Jerry has not played much inside, but he has. He is getting consistent second-team reps behind Okuda on that side. Yep. Um, and looks he did not have a good day today, has, has, but has had a very good camp overall. <laughs> All right, so there you go. We got that. Um, let's see. I, I, so Jerry Jacobs is making the team, Riz. I really, really, I'm putting, I'm putting some. I, I it's so, going to be. It's he's he's on the edge, right? But he's my, my prediction so right so now well. is that he's one of those guys who makes the final fifty three, but he he needs to worry about the guys that they claim from other teams yeah. after the the other teams got down to fifty three. Hundred percent fair. I think he lands practice squad though. If if that happens, if they claim, oh, they they they, they, yeah. they they absolutely like what they've got in that yeah. young man. He, absolutely. He, Let's be honest. We picked a good one. <laughs> he he will be back next week. We will yes, have Jerry Jacobs will. back next week after the first preseason game. You're all going to get to see him get some good reps in that game and see what he has and what he brings. And it'll be a lot to talk about, about a guy who's been working so hard. Again, if you haven't heard, go back uh, three weeks ago, two weeks ago, listen to our Jerry Jacobs yeah. interview and uh, tell me he's not a guy that you're you going to like him behind. He's an awesome guy. Cat, he's awesome. Cat, he's number thirty-nine. Parker's number forty-one. Watch them both; they're going to get a lot of run Friday night. And we will be following him throughout the year, no matter what happens. If he were to wind up on a different team, the practice squad, he's still going to be with us. We're talking about with yeah. Jerry Jacobs throughout the season. Uh, we're, we're, there's a great storyline here. It's our version of Hard Knocks, but we're not going to forget about him after preseason's over, and he's not going to forget about us. We're going to follow this guy, and this is a side of the the league that nobody really covers unless somebody makes it big or there's some kind of other story yeah. that goes on. This is a guy who's good enough to make an NFL team, but he's right on the bubble, and there, it's it's that life people don't hear about what that is it's, and how hard that, it is to spend your whole life. That's a very stressful life. To be one of the Speaking best of in the world. Speaking of hard knocks real quick, I'm going to call it now. The Detroit Lions will be on hard knocks in 2022. Ooh, I, I kind of like it. I kind of like it. I didn't before, but I like I, it I think, I think the Dan Campbell regime will embrace it. You better believe they're going to be here. Yep. I would be stunned if they make the playoffs. Uh, the national media, the way that they like Dan Campbell and the way that they like some of the storylines, there could be a rookie quarterback in next year. Yep. Um, if Goff is, is, is what he's been in camp thus far, they better have a rookie quarterback in next year that you better believe the storylines are going to write themselves off that. And if so you, I, I, I will say it right now yeah. that they will be the, the top choice for hard knocks next year. If you want a story, you know, in America, we, we always love that comeback story, the underdog story. And this is the opportunity next year, as you said, to tell that one of the Lions. People will absolutely eat that up, and there may be results out of that. I can see that. I can totally see that. I hope so. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, really quick safeties. We've got Tracy Walker and Will Harris at the front of the line, followed by C.J. Moore and Dean Marlowe. 
Behind them, yep. and Elijah Holder, Bobby Price. Um, and then Don Muleback still hanging on with those crusty old so, hands. Uh, I got to look up the other guys. So number it's number 47 was the number. Um, Scott Daly. Yes. Scott Daly is an NFL caliber long snapper. I told this to Nick Bumgarner from the Athletic today. I'm like, that guy can play, but he has no chance. Right, right. What are you going <laughs> to do? Dude. Oh, it's crazy. So you got that. And then uh, uh, punt return, just so you know, you've got Khalif Raymond. Uh, Victor yeah. Bolden and Tom Kennedy. Khalif Raymond, again, yeah. is sitting behind Prashad Perriman on the uh, Don't sleep on Victor Bolden's chances to make this team on the outside. Watch him Friday night also, number 13. He's going to get a lot of run uh, in the second half of that game. He and Boyle have had somewhat of a connection throughout training camp, so that, mm-hmm. that that's definitely one to watch, too. And Khalif and Victor, you know, they're they're in that order behind Perriman on the left side, so just, just, just watch both of them. They both have a... Uh, a way to make this team. So depth yes, chart there broken down early. Oh, we got to go kicker. Oh, we had okay, a kicking okay. change today. Yes. They brought in Zane Gonzalez out as Matthew Wright, who missed a field goal today. It was a 47 yard attempt. He was kicking. He was wide left and he was wide enough left that if there was another set of goalposts attached to the immediate goalposts that he was aiming at to the left of him, he would have been wide of that one too. <laughs> it was rough. He kicked it. So the Zane Gonzalez, I know, I know Zane Gonzalez. He was the Browns kicker in their winless season. He was a seventh round pick. He's got a killer leg. He's very good on kickoffs, and that gives him a shot because that's not that's not where Bullock is great. Right. He's one of those guys. He like Matt Prater. He's much better from beyond fifty than he is between forty and fifty. Now, now Zane takes it to a real extreme. I think he was seven of fifteen between forty and fifty last year. Ooh. Ouch. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah, but uh, so there, there is a. a I was actually, um, I'll bring up uh, Brandon, uh, Brandon from Missouri, our, our, our longtime friend uh, he's, he's in the chat. about the kicking situation. And he's like, um, he was like, uh, you know, what can we do with kicker? And uh, I, I, I'm like, dude, I, it's bad, man. There's a lot of free agent kickers making the rounds and none of them are any good. Zane was probably the best of those. So uh, fingers crossed, man. How nuts is that? I mean, look, again, you talk about there's 32 kickers in the world good enough for the NFL, and probably of those 32, maybe the bottom five are, like, real dodgy, right? I mean, yeah, holy yeah. cow, what a position. And and having having known a kicker, a punter, who was at Georgia Tech and some of the stuff that went on, just to make it to the NFL, you, you have to be talented. I don't want to say oh, yeah. that that's not part of it, but the politics that are involved – are Special teams is a very different animal than anything else. It's, it's sort of like the the middle reliever in in Major League Baseball, which winds up being a lot of guys who were like failed starting pitchers, prominent first round picks, you know, that that, that washed out and they're trying to stick around. The, um, the, the, or, the politics are beyond ability. Yeah, is it's a real yeah. issue, and there's a real shift to the Aussie style kickers right now. Guys who yep. are like. 25 coming into college as kickers and and you know fully eligible it's it's you know obviously their bodies are developed different it's a whole weird space right now the kicking game i i I have a feeling it's it's ripe for a significant paradigm shift as to how it's done um we'll see we'll see yeah thanks I'm a. I work. I work at. Well, you know, <laughs> they, they, they say things like that. Still, all right. Um, really quick, I want to talk about expectations for preseason game one battles to watch. But I have to tell you, we are still. We are continuing through August. We're giving four dollars per t-shirt sold. T-shirt sold to Fisher House to support vets. 
And um, all you do is get yourself a T-shirt. You get something. They got some great shirts. The Bobo Island shirt is my favorite. I wore that. I'm not even kidding. Just at camp the last day, I got five different comments from people about. And the and one guy goes, "I bet you got a pine knob shirt too, right?" And I'm like, "As a matter of fact, I will." And, I, and we now have a pine knob shirt in the store. Uh, some really great retro Detroit shirts. If you like some of that stuff, feel old school, cool. Check it out. DetroitLionsPodcast.com/store. There's the regular Detroit Lions podcast merch. There's the retro Detroit stuff. Uh, if you guys like, ladies. We we happy to build those out for you. We've got a small uh, assortment of stuff uh, there. Hit me on Twitter. Hit me wherever you want. I will get you a shirt designed to your specs, just because we appreciate you and what you want as well. So uh, it's just there's not as much traffic in that space, so they don't spend the time to build them out. I, you only have so much time. So, but we will build them for you if you want them. That's great. Head over to DetroitLionsPodcast.com/slash/store. Some of the coolest shirts you'll see. I'm telling you, the uh, the retro shirts are awesome. Uh, I got a Cobo Hall one that's going to be coming as well, and there's uh, a couple other ones in, in in the in the pipe. But four dollars from every shirt sold is going to Fisher House Ann Arbor, which is using that money to build a Fisher House at the VA in Detroit. Those Fisher Houses are like Ronald McDonald Houses. It's the best description ever, Riz. Thanks for that. Ronald McDonald Houses for vets. What happens is the family has a place to stay free of charge while. Uh, somebody is getting help at the VA hospital. It's a great cause, supports veterans when they need it most, and their families help us out by doing they that. They absolutely deserve it. Also, if, absolutely you, deserve it. if you just want to give money direct and you don't care about getting something back, go to GiveButter, G-I-V-E-B-U-T-T-E-R, GiveButter.com slash FHM, which is Fisher House, Michigan, slash House. DLP, which your friends here at Detroit Lion Podcast. Go on over and do that. And uh, we appreciate all you guys do for the, the charities we bring up. It's Fisher House and St. Jude are the two that we've really kind of jumped on for the year. In the summer, we're going to work with uh, the Fisher House to help the vets. And you guys know we do the big thing for St. Jude. And that's November 5th, 24-hour podcast-a-thon. That's going to be great with some awesome guests. All right. Moving on, Anthony Lynn likes the decisions Goff is making on the field. Riz, I know you and Anthony Lynn have a difference of opinion here. Has your position uh-huh. evolved was t- as camp has gone on? Have have you become a golf fanboy? Do you think differently than you did at training camp party? No. <laughs> so if, if you listen to me, I, I, I guessed it on a a, uh, a a rather large radio program in Michigan today. Um, and they asked me basically the same question about what my thoughts on Jared Goff are. And I'm like, dude needs to throw the ball down the field because he is so gun shy to do it. And he's going to get hurt and if he the, doesn't. That offense there is are get two, really There hurt. are two or three instances in every single practice in team drills, and, and specifically in team drills, because he has no problem doing it in, in, in passing drills, seven on seven, on seven, seven mm-hmm. on nine mm-hmm. drills. But in 11 on 11, he misses seeing opportunities down the field routinely that uh, not to compare him to Stafford, but Stafford, Stafford would have thrown it even if they were covered. There, there have been plays where the, the defensive back fell down or they got confused and a receiver is running free and Goff appears to be looking that way and instead will check it down. And that cannot keep happening that that's what drove Sean McVay up the freaking wall in Los Angeles. And I see why he did it because just in the, in the the eight practices I've been at, it's driving me up the wall when golf does that because he doesn't do it outside of the the team drills. He has a good deep ball. 
He oh, throws it. He has, he has a nice touch. He I really have, does. I have video that we took at the at the practice that I can share up on the screen one of these one of these days. He and it may be something we have to show throughout the season to show. Look, he he really can do he it. He can do it. He can do it. But he's he's got to try it. And you can already see it. In, we saw it in practice today, and that's sort of the Nick Baumgartner, Nick Baumgartner and I were talking about. You can see the safeties not worrying about the deep routes on him already. That's the Lions' defense. Yeah. Like how much of this that, do you that, think that, is that cannot keep going for golf? How much of this do you think is is being afraid to make a mistake? The kind of McVay life that he led. Definitely, kind of there's definitely something to that. Yeah. I, I think he, I, live another day, live another play. Uh, and I think that there's a lot of that going on. But if he's not more aggressive, um, that, that's one of the big things uh, to spoil one of the, the Lions wear. <laughs> what I'm looking for on Friday night, I want to see Jared Goff uncork a 55-yard ball down the field just yeah. to show that he can do it. Yep. So um, there you go. That's, that's, that's a big thing. Maybe we need to get Jeff Okuda's mentalist to help Goff to work with him a little That'd bit on nice. the psych side because uh, we need to get that ball down, down. We can do it, Chris. We know we can do it. He's not doing it. Do yeah. it. Yeah. Do it. God, do it. Do it. All right. Um, let's see. One last thing I want to talk about. Quick thanks to everybody. There was a Reddit thread about, hey, Lions Podcasts. Uh, all you folks who recommended us, just, just want to say thanks. It's you guys who help others find us, and your recommendation is literally the very, very best compliment you can give. So thanks to everyone who shares with others please like and subscribe if you don't mind we appreciate that that helps us kind of win a little bit with that youtube algorithm that uh, helps us do our thing and uh let's see last thing i want to talk about riz and i know we're running long i know you got to see the heart doctor tomorrow because you got that, that pig thing going on it was agitating <laughs> jared goff is sending you to the cardiologist um <laughs> Rule changes to the taunting rule. The, yeah. Here I am. Here I am taunting you about your freaking heart. That's like, how horrible am I? Oh, my God. I didn't realize what uh, Yeah. Died. So my, my cow heart is six years old. I'm going in for a checkup tomorrow morning. All is well. I just oh have to do it. And uh, yeah, um, so so if you've ever done a, a stress test for your heart, you have to run on the treadmill. That, that max yep. you out. Yep. Yep. We got to do it with a mask on for, for the COVID protocols. I'm, I'm not looking forward to that. No. You'll get messed up quick. It'll be all good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so the change. taunting rules, is the this... basic gist of it is that you cannot celebrate a good play on your own part at the expense of a defender who may or may not have been involved in the play That's at bullshit. all anymore. That's bullshit. Like, That's so, bullshit. So the, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I think we disagree here, Chris. I, I kind of like that. I, I don't mind celebrations at all. I like if, if you do something great, celebrate it, but don't do it at the expense of a defender. Don't do it at, at, at another guy on the field. Do it for the fans. Do it with your teammates. Do something like that. And, and I'll go back to my volleyball career. The thing I hate in volleyball more than anything else is when the opponent serves the ball into the net and you celebrate like you just won the freaking gold medal. I freaking hate that. And I tell so I, 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 I told my daughter's volleyball program coach on that. I, that that's celebrating at the expense of others. Celebrate your own good. Celebrate it with your teammates. Celebrate it with your fans. Don't celebrate it in in the face of somebody else. So let's let's put some I, context I to this. Let's put some context to this. Somebody hits the ball into the net on a serve. That's just an error. That's like a, that's a mental error. That's you didn't do anything to make that happen. Right. You could be like, yeah, that's cool. We got a point. But when you're a, a wide receiver. And you're a cornerback, and you go up, and you beat the other mofo, and you beat him 
out of just sheer talent, luck, ability, whatever. To me, getting up and being like, boom, I beat you. I beat your ass. That, to me, is all about competition because there's two things that happen, right? That guy that you just got in his face, he's like, oh, you ain't going to do that again. You are not going to do that again. That elevates both players. Like when you see Amon Ra, St. Uh, Charles, and uh, and Okuda going at it. St. Brown, yeah. sorry. Going at it, and they and uh, I got too excited. And, and uh, they, they get in each other's face like that. You know the next rep. It's like, you're not beating me. You're not beating me this time. It elevates both players. I enjoy that. And I think it's different. Like I said, I don't, hitting, the, man. I don't. hitting the ball in the net. It's the guy made an error. It's no big deal. You didn't do anything to deserve to celebrate or taunt or anything. And and again, I don't mean a direct taunt, right? But I, I like I I like that. I like that See, in so, your face. So the, the example I that was given, you. the example that was given, there's a video out for it. You can want you can see it. Uh, it was on my sports update, I think it was. Um, but one of them is Jarvis Landry catching a pass from Baker Mayfield, and he gets up and he celebrates and he spins the ball in front of a defender and then it's like in his face, like glaring at him and does the first down signal and they threw a flag on it. And that's exactly what their emphasis is. And he should be flagged for that. Get that crap out of my NFL. I I know there's a lot of people that think that that's not for fun. I don't want that. That that to me is repulsive. Golden Tate with the sword and the ball drop. If he wanted wanted to, if the defender isn't there, yeah, signal the first down. Go celebrate with 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 Baker Mayfield. You know, if, if I'm telling you, know. you they're going to turn their back to a defender. This is going to happen to the Lions. There's going to be a play. St. Brown is going to make the play come down with a first down. He's going to jump up. He's going to do the, the the Golden Tate sword move and drop the ball. The guy that he just caught the ball on is going to be getting up and moving away. But in the vicinity, he's not going to be in his face. He's going to be facing the other end zone. He's going to do it, and they're going to throw it. They're going to, they're going to throw that. Now, see, I don't mind that action, play. but yes, that that that's that's where you're, you're you have a valid concern there that it's going to be misconstrued. Yeah, I, and I know it is. You know, because they always do. And and I don't want to be like wow, wow refs for the Lions, but it's going to be one of those things. And all of a sudden, it's going to be a point of connection. <laughs> Across the it's NFL happen because in a Packers game God in Green Bay, and the Lions will God. lose because of it. Oh, oh. delusions for Lions fans. Planted the seed, Chris. Now I'm sad. Uh, 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 thank you. And look, there's there's a level of taunting I think that's okay, and then there's taunting that's beyond okay, right? And I think I think this pushes it to the realm of the no fun league. And I know we won't agree on it. That's okay. You're a more sportsman. Keep your crotch out have. of another guy's face. That's, don't yeah, don't for sure. Don't say you you can talk. Because I, I think most people are trash talking is different. I, I think the actions do elevate it. I really do. Like I don't have a problem with trash talking. I, I will trash talk if you've ever played volleyball with me. You'll know I will trash talk. Um, I will let you know when I block Especially your ass. Especially when they serve it like that. Uh, <laughs> um, but that's different than than being physical and and physically demonstrating your your superiority. You don't get up and flex over a guy. Yeah. You can turn around and flex to the crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't don't flex like over it over a guy while he's on the ground. I think the trash talk is going to incite taunting and incite flags, and that's what's going to be. I don't don't want DJ Swearinger situations. Google that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, really quick. Delusional Detroit Lions fan, thank you so much for the super chat. Uh, He's asking for the over-under on nine and a half sacks for Okwara. I'm that's why Vegas makes money because I. If he's, that's if, t- that, that's like I would say nine or ten is what he's going to get. <laughs> so so here's why I'm over, because it's a 17 game season instead of 16. Yeah. I think it just gives them the opportunity to push. 
the extra one. He's he's the only there. reason why I would say under and it's not a reflection on Romeo is that they have better depth around him and he's not going to have to play as much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. And and that could water things down. I don't know. We'll see. All right. Don't forget about us, fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com. All your Lions gear is right there at Fanatics. They give us a kickback when you go there, but uh, you can get your your St. Brown, or if you want to make it a St. Charles jersey, they do custom jerseys too. (laughs) (laughs) Head on over there, fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com. Awesome, real, licensed, quality content, and they give us a little kickback. It doesn't cost you anything extra to support the show by doing something you're going to do anyway. Also, amazon.detroitlionspodcast.com. If you go there, the same kind of thing. They give us a kickback. You're going to go there and buy your stuff. Who doesn't doesn't go to Amazon, especially with the, the... just the people and the variants and all the other stuff going on. Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. We appreciate all you folks who help us out and support us by doing those things. You know, we try to do all these things where you get something back, whether it's a charity thing, we try to do it so that we create something that you get something cool out of it. And the same thing with these, the the CBD, fantasy football, all these things that we try to do to help, you know, pay for our bandwidth and everything else is meant to try to find a way. So you guys get value directly out of that as well. So thank you all for supporting us. With that, Riz, we went over. Let's get you to the cardiologist. Don't forget um, about yeah, us. This is uh, this, by the way, this weather map for my house. It's about to hell's about to break loose here, so <laughs> we're going to call it a show. <laughs> Stress <laughs> test is about to start early. Uh, don't forget <laughs> us on Patreon, <laughs> patreoncom slash podcast patreoncom slash podcast You'll get access to the Slack chat, which you will then get access to something very, very special that Riz is doing and uh, going to do for the Slack people only. It's really sweet. I'm, I'm really excited about that, Riz. Thanks for doing that. Also follow us on Twitter at DET Lions Podcast, DET Lions Podcast. Get us in there. Get us in your friends. Follow all the good stuff. Check out at Jeff Risden, as you see spelled on your screen, at Jeff Risden. He's a great follow. Awesome content from Lions Wire, uh, some of his inside stuff. It's great stuff to follow Jeff as well. So do that. Uh, give us a call on Skype, Detroit Lions Podcast. It's all one word, Detroit Lions Podcast. Or call us in the Lions line at 929 335 4667. It's 92933 Lions. It's easy to do. Uh, we'll take those recordings. We'll put them on the air. You can hear yourself on the show. Give us your uh, give us your uh, predictions for the year. Give us your predictions for the year in the con- in the comments as well below on the YouTube. We appreciate that. We interact with those regularly. And we go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast so Jeff can do what? I can come into your ear holes automatically. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs, no problems, because we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. You've had enough of that shit.